0: Hallelujah. Oh, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise in Jesus' name. Amen. How many loves living for Jesus? Amen. I want to tell you, this is the best life you could ever live, is living for God. Amen. We are blessed. We are blessed. We are blessed. Amen. I want to say several things, and I'll save some of my comments for Wednesday night. But I want to say it's so, gl- I'm so glad, we're so glad uh, that Sister Ashley's about to be baptized today. She brought the whole family, extended family, and we're honored to have you in the house of the Lord. And believing that God's going to do great things. And uh, also, man, I want to say for last last week, uh, Brother Puller preaching. How many enjoyed that wonderful preaching? If you didn't hear it, you need to go back. And listen on uh, on any avenue, whether it be YouTube, Facebook, you go back on Apple Podcasts. We got it every every avenue. I thank God for this current generation. You can get the word of God 24-7. Amen. And so thankful for the, the ministry. who was able to uh, tune in uh, last Wednesday, uh, a little bit after the service, got to go back and listen to it. And uh, man, it was incredible. God moved. And I believe God's just doing something great. But last Easter, uh, last week, we had, we had over 100 people in church last Easter. Amen. And out of that, we had 31 guests with us, and several of them are here today, and we honor you. Amen. And, that's, and that didn't happen by accident. It took a whole lot of teamwork for this church. I honor you today. Uh, From setting up, tearing down, getting stuff ready, whole team out here cleaning. We had people cooking and serving, stacking chairs and all of that. And uh, we we honor you. We say thank you. At this time, if you have your Bibles, the book of 1 Samuel chapter 21, we'd like, as you turn in your Bibles, we're going to dismiss our Sunday school students to their classrooms. Amen. Everybody say God bless our Sunday school kids. And God bless our Sunday school teachers. Amen. Praise God. My wife and I were blessed to go back to my home church in Spokane, Washington. And uh, we were able to be a part of Summit Conference 2023, the voice of the elders. And did those men ever more preach? If you were not able to tune in, you come see me. I'll get you the link. You can go back and listen to those. But, you know, most of those guys that. 80 or 85 years old, some of them 70, 70, 80, 85 years old, can out-preach any one of us even in our 30s, 20s, you, you name it. Those guys are just incredible, and they imparted great things, and we'll be dealing with some of those as, uh, as the Lord lays it on my heart. But today, I felt very specifically earlier this week as I was praying to preach from this passage of Scripture, and I want to bless somebody today with the Word of God. How many's ready to receive some preaching here today? First Samuel chapter 21, in verse number 6. The Bible says in verse 6 So the priest gave him hallowed bread, for there was no bread there but the showbread that was taken before the Lord, to put hot bread in the day when it was taken away. Man, all that was there was the leftovers. But the leftovers from the Lord are still better than fresh baked from anywhere else. The Bible says, Now a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day, detained before the Lord, and his name was Doeg, the Edomite, the chief of the herdmen that belonged to Saul. And David said unto Ahimelech, And is there not here under thy hand a spear or a sword? For I have neither brought my sword nor my weapons with me. Because the king's business required haste. Amen. He was trying to get something. He was currently on the run from the king, but he didn't want to let this guy know it. And the priest said, The sword of Goliath, the Philistine, whom thou slewest in the valley of Elah, behold, it is here wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod, If thou wilt take that, take it. For there is no other save that here. And David said, there is none like that. Give it to me. There's nothing like the sword of Goliath. Give that one to me. And David arose and fled that day for fear of Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. Amen. He said, I I need some food. And I need a weapon. And they said, there's only one weapon we've got here. In fact, David, it comes from your past. The sword of Goliath. And he said, there's nothing like that. I'll take it. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. Present strength from past struggles. Present strength from past struggles. Would you set down your Bibles And let's lift up our hands and our hearts as we pray all across this building. Hallelujah. God, we worship you. We thank you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. I believe in God that you are going to speak to us, that you're going to touch us. I pray for every individual under the sound of my voice here this afternoon that your spirit would flow over them. And God, no matter what they are facing, God, I pray that there would be a strength that would enter this building that would help them overcome whatever they are currently fighting and struggling with. Oh, somebody pray with me for a moment. I feel the Holy Ghost moving. If you came in this building and you need God to help you, would you pray with me? If you're currently needing God to work on a circumstance, would you pray with me? Jesus, we worship you. We pray that strength would enter into this building. Amen, God, that where there was weakness... There would be strength in this house. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord and give God praise. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. Present strength from past struggles. David was a good son-in-law. David was a good servant to King Saul, which was his father-in-law. Beyond everything that was asked, he did it with a spirit of excellence and he did even that much more than was asked. We find that when King Saul offered that whoever was to fight in the battle against Goliath would win his daughter's hand in marriage. I just have to believe that's probably the primary reason that David ran down that valley so fast. Amen. He was smitten by King Saul's daughter. But Saul didn't know if that was a good enough victory. And so Saul made a declaration that you've got to go and you've got to kill a hundred Philistines and bring me back proof. But David went out and didn't just slay a hundred. He slayed two hundred. This is a kind of man that went above and beyond the call of duty to make sure he did it right. This is a good man. But in spite of this, the Bible declares to us that Saul tried to pin David to the wall with one of his spears. His paranoia was palpable. He was afraid that David was trying to subvert the kingdom from him. Even though David had proven over and over and over again, I'm your servant. I'm here to help. I'm here to be a blessing. And yet time after time, uh, Saul would try to throw spears at him to physically kill him. Every time that Saul uh, would start to get beyond this paranoia, he'd hear people in the streets singing the song that Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. And you gotta, you got to understand from Saul's perspective, the way he viewed it was from his hurt. The way he viewed it was from his insecurity. And it was the fact that he heard it from the lens that David's doing more than you've done. When the true story is that they were seeing, if Saul had not killed a thousand, David would have never been able to kill ten thousand. Amen. But the way he heard it was from his broken paradigm. And there's people all across this building that when you hear something, it often comes through the broken paradigm. And you receive it not the way it was given, but the way that your brokenness interprets it. But I want to tell you, that's a dangerous place to be. Because we, we see things and we hear things and it comes through and it gets all jumbled up. And this is where offense comes from. And this is where bitterness comes from. And this is where people can start getting crossways. Amen. I want to tell you, you got to be careful in the kingdom of God that you don't get crossways because of what's going on in your own head. That you don't get offended because of what's going on in your own heart. But this is what happened to Saul. Saul had heard this and he would get Paranoid. You know, he didn't have a problem with David doing good. He had a problem with David doing too good. You know, there's some people like that. They don't mind if you do good just as long as you're not doing better than them. You know, the the Bible says to weep with them that weep and rejoice with them that rejoice. There's some folks in your life that have have no problem when you are on the ground crying in grief that will come by and cry with you. Uh, But they have a huge challenge when it comes time to celebrate with you where now you're doing well and you're blessed and things are good. Uh, There's some people like Saul that have a challenge accepting that you are blessed. They don't mind as long as they're a couple steps ahead of you. But the moment God starts elevating you and taking you to another level, they want to come by with their spear to take you down a notch. And I hope there's nobody like that in the house of the Lord. Some of y'all might even be uh, friends with somebody like this. You might be related to somebody like this. They don't mind if you come to church. You can come to church. Just don't let don't let God do too much in your life. You can come. Just don't get too religious. Don't 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 get too much of God where you start becoming a, a little too spiritual. We don't mind. Uh, you know, there's some folks that are here today. They're like me. I come from a back uh, background where it was a drug home a bunch of uh, atheism, and yet the moment I started living for God and doing better, they became theologians. All of a sudden, they could quote the Bible. Uh, they didn't care about God, but the moment I started changing and I no longer wanted to go to the party and I no longer wanted uh, to, to to be amongst those that are smoking and drinking and doing all that stuff, uh, my parents all of a sudden said, well, you got to be careful. But when I was suicidal and depressed, they didn't have a problem with that. When I was uh, flunking out of school, they didn't have a problem with that. When I was disobedient and heading down the wrong path, they didn't have a problem with that. But the moment God started blessing and God started convicting and God started working, all of a sudden the spears started coming out. Amen. I want to help somebody that you're going through something right now and you're trying to figure out why people are coming against you. I want to tell you people are coming against you not because you're doing bad, but because you're doing good. I've come to preach to somebody that's currently struggling. There are people that are trying to pin you to the wall. But don't give up. Don't back down. You're doing the right thing. You're trying to serve God. David, you just keep living for God. David, you just keep singing praises of God. You keep slaying giants. You keep fighting battles. You keep doing right. Oh, somebody give God a hand clap of praise. You know, there's some people that they let the opinions of other people stop them from doing right. Well, I don't want my family to be against me. I don't want my friends to be against me. Amen. I don't either. But there are moments in time where you got to you got to let that backbone God gave you work. Stand up tall and if you have to stand by yourself, just remember, I'm not standing by myself. The Lord is standing with me. Amen. We find David in this position. He's been they've tried to kill him, tried to murder him. Amen. They try to make it look accidental. Amen. He's even hired hitmen to come after David. And David is on the run at one point, a champion in Israel, one of the most incredible men in the entire Bible. And the Bible in our text declares he's all by himself. A man that led armies and declared victory over all of the enemies of Israel is now on the run by himself. And I have no doubt That as he's going, the Bible declares he's running to the only place he knows Saul won't come, to the enemy's territory. Because Saul had no problem throwing spears when David was doing good. But whenever the enemy came in, Saul sat back and did nothing. I want to help somebody here today and deliver you from the opinions of other people. The very people that are criticizing you for doing good are the ones that are doing nothing. The very ones that are criticizing you for moving forward and doing good are the ones that aren't doing anything themselves. So I've come to declare to you, you got to get delivered of the opinions of other people. Who cares what they think? Who cares what they say? We're not even going the same direction, honey. We're not e- See, I've made it up in my mind. I'm going into the plan of God, the will of God, whether you come with me or not, so you can keep your opinions to yourself. Oh, somebody give him praise! Amen. Saul's not going to the enemy territory. He has no intent of fighting. So David says, "Well, that's where I'm going to go." He ends up to the ends up in enemy territory with nothing but the clothes on his back. In fact, the Bible says it gets worse. <laughs> Amen. Sometimes being alone is not the worst thing that can happen to you. The Bible says that there that he all of a sudden eventually gets surrounded by 400 guys, 400 men. Now, this sounds like, man, he finally got great people around him. But you read the Bible. the, The word of the Lord declares, and every one of them was in distress. You know, you have your own problems, and all of a sudden it seems like now you're surrounded by other people with problems. Everyone was in debt. Man, this is getting worse. And everyone was discontented. They gathered themselves unto him, and the Bible says they made him their captain. You know, misery really does love company. And uh, I'm sure David had, when running for his life, running by himself, felt depressed. He felt dejected. Amen. No no doubt David felt like giving up. He felt as if he had no help. He had no hope. Amen. David just was in this position. And all of a sudden, a bunch of people just like him started showing up. And I'm sure, amen, there's, there's times where he thought I'm being attacked. I would sure love an army. I would sure love people that are going to lift me up and pick me up. And and God didn't send him people like that. Amen. He sent people that were in the same position he was in. Amen. Because David didn't understand that that current struggle he was going through was eventually going to become a testimony. That everyone that was in distress, everyone that was in debt, everyone that was discontented. Amen. They were going to be led by David. When David got out of that mess, they were going to be led to become mighty men. Hallelujah. God allows you to go through struggles because he's trying to make you great. And God allows you to bring other people into those struggles because everyone that's following you, he wants to make them great as well. Amen. David was in a position he felt like he had no help. He had no hope. He was hungry. He was destitute. Man, He was leaving I mean he just left a feast at the palace He just got a spear thrown at him And no doubt by, by the time he got out Towards the enemy's territory He had all the food he ate at the buffet The night before had run out And what does he do I've got no hope I've got no help I want to get somebody a revelation here today David did not have anything So David went somewhere He knew he could get help He went to the only place he could think of. He went to the priest. He went to the only place he could think of to find help and to find hope. He went to church. I want to give you an applause here today. You came to the house of the Lord. You might be struggling. You might have a hard time right now. But you came to the only place you know can help you. You came to the house of the Lord. I got good news for you. You came to the right place. You came to the place where God moves. You came to the place where God will help. You came to the place where God will equip you. God will empower you. Somebody give him some praise. Amen. He came to the only place. I want to tell you, this worlds they got the church all messed up. I want to tell you, the church is not messed up, but the world's got the church messed up. Yeah, the church is full of judgmental people. I want to tell you, the church is full of people just like you. That have struggles just like you. They're trying to make it in this world just like you. And the world wants to tell you, no, no, no. Don't go to the church because, uh, that, th- you know, there's no help. In fact, David wrote an entire psalm that he said there were a bunch of people around him that said there's no help for him and God. You know, you got to separate yourself from people like that that will tell you that not even God can help you. I want to tell you if there's anyone that can help you, God can help you. If there's anybody that can help you, God can help you. In fact, if nobody else can help you, God's the only one that can help you. When you can't help you, when your neighbor can't help you, when your parents can't help you, when Alcoholics Anonymous can't help you, God can help you. And David is there, and and he he got a revelation that I'm going to go to the church because the church will help me. I can find help from God in the kingdom of God. I want to tell you when you get when you get sick, you go to the hospital why? Cuz you believe the hospital can help you. When you are spiritually sick, when there are, there are struggles and you are fighting, I want to tell you, you need to look at the church like you look at the hospital. Amen. When I get sick, I don't run away from the hospital. When, I, when I'm diseased, I don't run away from the hospital. I run straight to the doctor. Amen. It's the same thing. When I'm struggling and I don't know what to do, I'll tell you where I go. I go to the house of the Lord. I go to the altar. I pray. I seek God. And just like going to the hospital, I get medicine for what I need. I, I get help from my struggles. Oh, somebody ought to give him praise. Man, David, when he felt like he had no hope, he knew where to go. I'm going to go to church. Man, don't let the world lie to you and tell you, well, when you're struggling, don't go to church. No, if you're struggling, come to church. If you don't know what to do, come to church. If you know what to do, come to church. Amen, you're starting to see a pattern here. Praise God. (laughs) Amen. Whether you're high or low, up or down, you come to the house of the Lord. And you let God touch you and speak to you. Amen. He came. He was hungry. And he came to church. And the Bible says they gave him the bread of the Lord. I want to tell you what you're receiving today. You're receiving the word of the Lord. The bread of the Lord. The Bible says, "Man shall not live by bread, earthly bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God." There's something about coming out of this world where things are just crazy and chaotic, and you get hungry in your spirit. Amen. There's something about coming to the house of the Lord where you feel like you've been in a drought in your spirit, you've been in a hungry place in your spirit, and you come to the house of the Lord, and all of a sudden the man of God opens up the Word of God, as I'm doing to you today, and begins to preach the Word of the Lord and all of a sudden you start feeling fed. You start feeling like you can fight any battle. You feel like you can handle any struggle. I've come to preach faith to you today that if you get the word of God in your spirit, you can make it another day. You will make it another day. Well, I felt like giving up, but I came to the house of the Lord, and I got strength for today. I got strength for tomorrow. I felt like I couldn't make it, but when I came to the house of the Lord, God gave me power. Oh, somebody lift up your voice and magnify the Lord. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and magnify the Lord here in this house. I believe God wants to empower you. I believe God wants to give you strength. Uh, Before you leave this building, God wants to give you strength to overcome your addictions. Uh, God wants to give you strength to overcome, uh, amen, the afflictions in your body. Uh, God wants to give you strength. So he gets there. The man of God opens up and gives him bread. Bread of the Lord. Amen, it came from the presence of the Lord. Amen. And this was a strength to make it another day. And then he said this, I've got strength to fight, but I've got no weapons. I've got nothing to get up and fight with. I've got the strength to fight. And I've come to help somebody here today that just coming to church, coming to the house of the Lord, you feel all of a sudden like you're empowered but you, you don't have the equipment necessary to do the work. I want to tell you, God's going to help you here today to get the necessary equipment to make it through. Amen. And to, and to win victories and win battles. And so he said, do you got anything? And they said, well, you know, David, this is a church. This is a church, not an armory. We don't have a lot of weapons. I want to tell you that, that, that in the church and the kingdom of God, people want to come and say, well, uh, do you have this program? Do you have that program? I'm not against programs. I'm not against programs. I think programs are good uh, in their proper place. Uh, but, but they come and they, well, I need to know what programs you got. And the priest says, listen, we only got one. Hey, Amen. I want to tell you, the church don't have a 12-step program to get you off drugs. The church doesn't have a, 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 a 10-step program for your marriage. I want to tell you, we got a one-step program. Out of darkness uh, into light. Uh, from death uh, into light buried in baptism, resurrected to life. In sin, out of sin. In sin, in Christ it's a one step program that it's a weapon that will work it's worked for generations it's worked in previous battles and it will work in this battle I've got one weapon for you it's Acts 238 then Peter said to them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission the washing away of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost I've come to preach to you. We got a weapon and it's still sharp. We got a weapon and it still works. We got a weapon and it'll beat. There's none like it. There's none like it. It'll work. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give God praise. He said, I need a weapon. They said, we got one. We got one. In fact, you're well acquainted with this one. This is the sword of Goliath, amen, and David, he recognized there's nothing quite like that weapon, he, see, when David was a young boy, he came to the, he came to the battle just trying to, he wasn't going there to fight a giant, he was just there, there feeding his brothers, amen, and God will open up opportunities for you when you're just doing the will of God, you're just taking care of your brothers, amen, so many people want to do great things, but they don't want to do little things, but it's the little things that enable you to do great things. Hallelujah. That's for free. Praise God. But, you know, there's, there, he's out there. He's just feeding his brothers. And the Bible says he he hears the sound of a man three times a day. A giant of a man by the name of Goliath screaming and crying out and declaring a challenge. Amen. He tries to interrupt their sacrifice and interrupt their worship. He tries to distract them from doing something for God. And David hears this cry and he makes it up in his mind. uh, If nobody, if Saul's not going to do nothing about it, if anybody else with all their plated armor is not going to do anything about it, I'll go do something about it. God's not looking for the best. God's just looking for somebody who's willing. There's some folks that they're willing. Well, I'll wait until I'm qualified and I'm able. I want to say God's not waiting for you to be qualified and able. God's saying if you will just get out there and do something, I'll bless you and I'll anoint you and I'll make what you do powerful. So David got ready for the battle and Saul says, here, put on my armor because I want to make it look like I'm the one winning the battle. And David said, no, I can't, I can't do that. I've not proved this. So what does David do? He says, just give me my sling and let me go down to the brook. And he finds a couple of stones. I'm going to preach about some stones for just a moment. He grabs a couple of stones and he says, I've got five smooth stones. And he goes down, the Bible says he ran down the valley of Elah. And when Goliath started mocking and making fun of him, he took that sling and stone, the most famous story in the entire Bible. And he says, You come to me with swords and spears, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And he throws that stone. And can you believe it? Even if he was off kilter, Even if he wasn't qualified, even if he didn't have enough speed, God's spirit began to back that stone, and it... It lodged itself right in the forehead of that giant. The Bible says he fell face forward. Amen. He laid down on his face. Amen. But it was not enough for David just to knock the giant down. David ran the rest of the way down the valley, and he looked for a weapon that could help him get victory. He looked for a way to finish off this enemy, to finish off this season, to finish off this trial. And he looked down, and he saw none other than the sword of goliath and he took that sword a little 14 year old boy could barely hold it pulled it over his head and let it fall down on the head of goliath i want to tell you amen if you will just do what god's calling you to do amen god will empower you to have victory that's not temporary but permanent It's not enough to knock down the struggles. It's not enough to knock down what you're facing. God will empower you to finish it off. You don't have to come into this house and say, well, I'll be free for a week. I want to tell you, you can be permanently free. You can be permanently... Do I have a witness in the house of the Lord that can testify and say, I was lost, but now I'm found. Yeah, there's some folks that used to be addicted to drugs, but when God empowered them, they cut the head off of that. Amen. So he cuts off the head, and then the Bible says the entire army got behind him and started running after the enemy. you got to understand this story's years later. David has been in many battles since then. In fact, David has become quite proficient with a sword. He doesn't use the and stone anymore. Amen. The sword that he had is probably the, the son-in-law's sword. It's nice. It's probably got uh, nice jewels in it. It's probably uh, all ornamented, uh, ornament. and it. It's nice and it's decorated. But he had to leave that at Saul's house. He had nothing. And when the Bible says he came to the priests, he came to the church. Amen. Can you believe it that that they had taken that sword and they they memorialized it and they wrapped it in a cloth, amen? Because they knew this is this is not a victory that we are going to forget. This, is, this was a big battle. This was a big deal. This was an, this was an intense fight. And we're not just going to throw it by the wayside and forget about it. I've just come to preach to somebody that God's going to give you liberty. And God's going to deliver you. But God doesn't deliver you so you can forget about it. In fact, uh, what some people wonder, well, why am I going through such a hard time? I'll tell you why you're going through such a hard time. God will let you go through mountainous times. Uh, he'll let you go through, uh, amen, giant opposition. Uh, And and it seems so extreme, like you'll never make it out. Uh, God doesn't let you go through that, uh, amen, just so he can uh, just kind of beat you up a little bit. No, God lets you go through it. And the fire's a lot hotter than it would have been. And and the storm's a lot more violent than it should have been. And and the giant's a lot taller than I expected. And the trial is, the bills are a little bigger. and, And the struggle's a little harder. And God allows you to go through that so that when you get done with it, You don't forget what the Lord's done. I want to preach to somebody that's struggling with amnesia. Amen. God's been good to you. I want to preach to somebody, God's been good to me. God's been good to his people. God's been good to his church. He's delivered us time and time again. He's made a way where there was no way time and time again. And I won't forget it. And I won't forget it. And I won't forget it. Somebody clap your hands and give Jesus a shout of praise. Let me help somebody that's currently struggling. God... Will come through for you. Let me preach it until it gets to your bones. God will come through for you. Amen. God will come through you, through for you, because He always comes through. Well, God's late. No, God's always on time. He's always on time. <laughs> The children of Israel, he waited until all of Egypt was chasing them down at the Red Sea until they were about to get attacked from the back. Amen. The enemy had the sword and the spear ready to go, and God waited to the very last moment. They barely made it out of the Red Sea. Amen. But what the Israelites didn't know is God had a time frame. Amen. It was a great victory. It was a great battle, and God was about to get the victory. But they had to get through the water first. And they had to go all the way on the other side. And it seemed like the enemy was catching up to them. But what they didn't realize is God was trapping them in the water. There's a lot of battles like that. God will come through, but you've got to wait. The Bible says they they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. There's some folks that they get so fidgety in the struggle. This is, let me just give some really good advice. When you don't know what to do outside of, Spiritual things, don't do anything. Don't make decisions when you're struggling. Don't make life-altering decisions when you're offended. Don't make life-altering decisions when you are all all surrounded on every side. The only decision you should make is, I'm going to church, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to. Because what you don't know is God is going to do something great, but you got to wait for it. What you don't know is you're currently in the process of building a testimony and that testimony is a memorial for future struggles. Amen. Later in our text, we find uh, David finds himself at Kish Amen. He's standing before the king of the Philistines. Uh, and, and he got there. Now he's surrounded by the enemy. He doesn't know what to do. And the Bible says he changed his behavior. Uh, he started acting like a madman. Uh, amen. Uh, many expositors have looked at that. And they said David began to praise the Lord uh, when he was in enemy territory, uh, surrounded by the adversary knowing his life was all but forfeit. Amen, and David began to dance, and David began to just go wild. Amen, I want to tell you, when the ark of God came into Israel, that wasn't the first time David lost his mind in worship. Amen, David lost his mind in worship when the presence of the Lord came, but David lost his mind in worship when the enemy came in as well. I've come to preach to somebody. Well, I worship when I feel good, when the church is clapping and saying amen. I worship when I like the song. Amen. Let me read to you a psalm of David, a testimony he got, something he memorialized from one of the hardest times in his life, Psalms 34 and 1. The Bible declares this was the psalm he wrote when he changed his behavior, when he started worshiping the Lord in the middle of his enemies. He said, I will bless the Lord at all all times brothers and sisters you don't get an all times prayer praise if you only bless them at good times you get an all times praise when you bless them in the struggle you get an all times praise when you worship him when you're sick you get an at all times praise when you worship him when you're broke as well He said, I'll bless the Lord at all times. This is what he memorialized after that. I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. You know, there's some people, they got complaint in their mouth. You know, one of the only things, well, God doesn't like a lot of things, but there's a, there's, he likes a lot more things than he hates, but there's a few things in the Bible he hates. He hates those that sow discord among the brethren. He hates murmuring and complaining. You know, there's some folks got complaints in their mouth at all times. Amen. If you... You may not be that person, but you know somebody just like that. Always complaining. You know what? If you're the kind of person to always complaining, I want to encourage you today. Stop. <laughs> what did the, What did the pastor preached about? He told me stop complaining. Praise God. Hey, man, most people say, I don't know what it was, but it was good. Well, I, I hope you remember this one. Just stop complaining. Praise God. God don't like complaining. But you know what God responds to? Praise. <laughs> David said... His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Devil, you might be causing me to struggle. I might be going through hell, but I just want to let you know I've made it up in my mind. Whether I'm blessed or I'm broke, I'm going to praise him. Whether I'm sick or I'm healthy, I'm going to praise him. Whether everything's going well or it's falling apart, I've made it up in my mouth. In my mind, I'm going to let praises continually be in my mouth. I'm going to bless him. He said, my soul shall make her boast, Lord, the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me. I want to help somebody in a struggle. He's saying this all the way back. He said, when I was before a Kish and I didn't know what to do, I'll tell you what I did. I began to praise the Lord. And now he's writing down the testimony so that later on when he's struggling, he can come back and find strength. He said that I sought the Lord and he heard me. And he delivered me from all of my fears. Everybody say all. All my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. Skipping down to verse 17, he said, The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all. Everybody say, All. All, all their troubles. The Lord is nine of them of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. Everybody say, All. What am I trying to tell you? When you're going through the struggle right now, you're building a testimony that that later down the road, uh, you're going to say, I need some strength, uh, and you're going to find a memorial stone uh, that said, God delivered me out of that, so God's going to deliver me out of this. Because God uh, delivers me out of it all. I cry and he hears. I pray and he hears. But when he hears, he doesn't sit back. He delivers. He makes a way. Somebody ought to shout and give God praise. God will deliver you out of all. Why am I going through this? Somebody today and this week, you've been asking that. Why have I been going through this? Because God is going to help you. To build strength for where he's taking you. Every test and every trial. I'm going to give somebody a revelation. Every struggle. Every test. Every trial. Is God. That God allows us to go through. Is building strength for future challenges. All the gym rats want to bench 225. At least. Hallelujah. I got some gym rats. Praise God. God bless you. But you don't start doing that. You don't just put 10 plates on the thing and just, you're going to die. you gotta, you got to start small, brother. Let me help somebody here today that you're currently just banging your head against the wall saying it's just so tough. It gets worse. Man, I just built somebody's faith really good right there. It gets worse. Well, Pastor, when's it going to get better? When's it going to get easier? It doesn't. You just get stronger. in fact the only way to build your strength uh, is to go through a little more trouble and a little more trial I'm not giving up when I go through the struggle I'll tell you what I do, I'm building my muscles, I'm building my strength in the Lord uh, that God's going to get me through this and when I come to the next thing it's not going to it's not going to affect me the way it would if God just avoided the whole challenge uh, I've come to tag uh, under what Brother Polar said, God doesn't want to take you out, he wants to bless you while you're in uh, God wants to help you while you're in the midst of it and God wants to strengthen you in the middle of it each test of trials to help build strength when's it gonna get easier it doesn't what happens you get stronger amen and you look back and go man that wasn't that bad you look back and say wow that I can't believe that caused me to stumble I know I'm not the only one that thought about that man that actually that was all right Because all of a sudden you look at yourself now. See, so many people are looking at themselves now. And they're saying, there's no way I can do it then. You're not strong enough now for then. But you need to look at yourself now and say, man, I sure have come a long way from then. I came a long way from there, from my past. And God strengthened me and God's blessed me. And now that I'm here, God that strengthened me back there is going to strengthen me now for the then that's coming. How God strengthens us to go to another level. Everybody in this building wants to go up in, in life. Everybody in this building wants to go another level. Another level in God. Another level in their marriage. Another level in their business. You want to go up. Nobody wants to go down. I want to help give you the recipe. It takes challenges. Everybody wants that. You know what? You can get real rich if you sell somebody a, a, a get rich quick book. You get rich by writing the book and then buying it, but they don't get rich at all. I want to tell you, the Bible tells you to beware of get rich quick schemes. Amen. I want to tell you, beware of anybody that tells you get spiritual quick schemes. Get, get a good marriage quick schemes. I want to tell you, be careful of that. Amen. Because that's not, we shouldn't be looking for a way to get it done quick. We should be looking for a way to get it done right. I don't want to go to another level in the quick way. I want to go to another level and it be the right way. I want to go to another level where I can go up one notch. And because I got the building blocks from this level, I can keep improving and adding line upon line, precept upon precept. I want to keep climbing. I want to keep climbing. I don't want to one step. I want to just keep climbing. God allows you to go through trials that are tough in the current season you're in. Why? Because if you could do it by yourself, you wouldn't need God. Some, some, sometimes God, the only way you can keep some people saved is keeping them dependent on him. You let God, Amen. you just let God know like David, I'll bless you at all times. God will put that to the test. He'll let you go through a tough time. Amen. And then he'll see you cry out and pray and worship him. And God will say, all right. And then God will let you go through an easy time, which you don't know. That's a test as well. And God will give you a little extra money in your bank account. But all of a sudden, you out on the boat on the weekend instead of being in church. And God says, well, I guess I can't get them to that level. And so God has to bring you back down. I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, you can keep going up level after level after level after level if you keep remembering what the Lord has done for you. What you may not know is you might be in the final test that comes before you graduate to another grade. Amen. There's finals time for some folks. Praise God. Amen. This is not the first time in David's life that he has been confronted with overwhelming odds. David had developed good muscle memory in his struggles. I want to help you here today that if you're currently struggling, God wants you to develop good muscle memory. Amen. I'm struggling. I don't know what to do. I want to tell you, you got to be like David. David said, I'm going to church. If you rely upon your feelings for everything, you're going to do it half the time. But if you make it up in your mind, I have decided. That means whether I feel like it or not, I'm going. Whether I think it's a good idea or not, I'm going. I'm going to go to the house of the Lord because I have found out in my life, that's where I get strength. That's where I get hope. That's where I get peace. David wrote in Psalms 20 verse 7, Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Everybody say remember. I want to tell you we need God to touch our memory. I will remember. There's people that get to a place where they go, well, maybe I can rely on other things, external things. But David said, I've made it up in my mind. Every time I need some army to come in, every time I need help, I'm going to remember the Lord. Sometimes you and I got to go down memory lane and remember all the ways that God has worked it out for us, all the ways God has delivered us. Has God ever healed your body? Say amen. Has God ever delivered you say amen? Has God ever made a way where you didn't think there was a way? Somebody shout amen. You need to make it up in your mind. I'm going to remember those times. I'm going to make those memorial times. I'm almost done preaching, but I've, I've got I've to really get this through to somebody here today. Well, Pastor, I'm struggling. I've come to give you the recipe for not just this struggle, but the future ones as well. The Bible says of Jacob, he's on the run from his brother Esau. He doesn't know what to do. And and he takes a nap. He takes a rock, amen, as his pillow. I don't know about you, but I like serta. I like memory foam, praise God. He takes a rock. The Bible says he has nothing. Anybody ever been that broke? I've never used a rock as my pillow, not even when camping. He's got nothing to his name. And he uses a rock as his pillow And in the middle of the night, God visits him there in his darkest time, in his hardest time. And God begins to speak to him. Can I preach to somebody? Jacob hit rock bottom. Can I help you here today? You ought to thank God for every time he lets you hit rock bottom. Because sometimes God has to let us hit rock bottom able to, to, to be enabled to speak to us. Because we can't let God speak to us when we're on top. So God allows us to go to rock bottom so he can finally get an audience with us. I don't want to wait till rock bottom, brothers and sisters. I don't want to wait till it all falls apart. I want to cry out to God when I when I need him, when I don't need him. I want God to have an open interaction. And he, he comes out of that and the Bible says that when God speaks from God moves, he says, Sure the Lord was in this place and I knew it not. He came, he called the name of the place Bethel. And the Bible says he took that stone that was his pillow, and guess what he did, he took the little bit of oil he had left and he anointed it. Amen. Can I preach to somebody? You got to anoint you got to anoint the hard places in your life because those hard places are going to take you somewhere. Those hard places are going to bless you. Uh, I've really come to impart this to somebody. Uh, I'm not preaching to you something I haven't lived. I've experienced it over and over and over again. But you got to take those hard things and let a little bit of the anointing get on them. And those hard things are going to help you in the future. In fact, you find it Genesis 28. He said that this stone, which I've set up for a pillar, amen, is going to be used to build God's house. What do you do when you go through a hard time? I'll tell you what you do. Uh, you anoint the hard place, uh, and you use it to build your walk with God. Uh, you use it to build your church. Uh, you use it to build your your family. Uh, you use every difficult thing. Uh, and, and I promise you, day, the Bible says he came back uh, years later to the very place he anointed the pillar. And the Bible declares, uh, amen, he started making something of it. Uh, amen, he didn't realize uh, that this current struggle I'm going through is going to be used for a future struggle and it's going to help me in future times. Amen, the Bible declares, amen, that that, that that in Joshua chapter 4 and verse 3, uh, amen, that he commanded them saying, take 12 stones from out of here, out of the midst of the Jordan River, and you place them where the priest's feet stood firmly, amen, where God has parted the waters, where God made a way. He said, you take the stones, amen, and you put them right there where God made a way, and you lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Why? This thing is so weird. This is interesting. They make a pile of rocks. And the Bible says, this might, that so that this might be a sign unto you and among your people. That when your children ask you in time to come. There's some folks that ask you about to be baptized today. When your kid asks you in time to come. What's the point of all this? You go back to those hard times. And the Bible says, they say, what do these stones mean to you? Hallelujah. I've come to ask somebody, what did those struggles do for you? What did those hard times do for you? What did God do in those moments? He said, You declare to the next generation that God was the one that made a way for us. And we're going to remember for the rest of our time the God that made a way. We're going to remember a God that parted waters. We're going to remember a God that brought us out of all of our enemies. We're not going to forget. We're going to remember. What does it mean to you that God has made a way? I'll tell you what it means to me. I refuse to forget. I'm going to make a memorial that says God has done it. So if I ever wonder whether or not God can do it, I look at that pillar of stones and I remind myself God's healed me before. He can do it again. When your kids who have never been delivered out of drugs and alcohol wonder if God can deliver their friend, you remind them, once I was lost, I was in sin. But look what the Lord has done. Let's stand across the bill and clap our hands under the Lord. Somebody give him praise. Somebody give him praise. Well, Pastor, I'm currently struggling. Has he ever done anything for you? Has he ever healed you? Has he ever paid the way when you didn't know if you were going to be able to do it yourself? You've got to find out what these stones mean to you. He said these stones are going to be a memorial to Israel forever. When God does something great for you, let me give somebody, everybody, some good piece of advice. Get you a notebook. I know we're all, we're all digital now. You need to go a little analog for just a moment. Get you a notebook. And when you pray and you're struggling and you don't know how you're going to make it out. Amen. You go ahead and write down how you feel. And then pray about it. You want to see miracles and testimonies. I'll tell you this is where it starts right here. You don't know what I'm going to. I don't know what I'm going to do God. Write it down. And pray about it. And then when God comes through. You date it and you write down. God has come through again. First Samuel chapter seven verse ten, Amen. In another translation, Samuel sat while the Bible. I love this how the word Word of God is. While Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offerings, the Philistines drew near and to engage Israel in battle. But the Lord, anybody thankful for that? When you're surrounded on every side, you don't know what you're going to do. The bills are coming in, the bills are coming in, the bills are coming in. The doctor's reports coming in, the doctor's reports coming in, the doctor's reports coming in. uh, The in laws become outlaws. You don't know what you're going to do. And all of a sudden, uh, in the midst of all of that, the Lord thundered with a loud thunder against the Philistines and threw them into such a panic that they were routed. They ran away from the Israelites. And the men of Israel rushed out and pursued the Philistines, slaughtering them along the, along the way. And this is this is what I, I want to finish here. And the Bible says Samuel took a stone and he put it up and he named it Ebenezer. And this is what it means. Thus far. Thus far. Everybody say thus far. I like that old English right there. Thus far. You know what that means? Up to this point. So far. In all of our recollection, in all of our existence, all the way up until this point, thus far, the Lord has helped us. Well, oh, Pastor, I'm struck. I don't know what I'm going to do. I came to give you encouragement today. He's helped you this far. You just don't know. You're right, I don't. But he had not dropped you yet. You know why every time they built a memorial they used stones? That's that's really interesting to me. You know why? Because it takes a long time for that stone to erode. They didn't use trees. Trees and one fire comes through, and burns it out. You you put stones in the fire. They might crack, but they're still there. Years later, Jesus is there, and they're and and we we read about it. Amen. They're they're taking palm leaves. And they're dropping it and crying out, Hosanna unto the Lord. And the religious tell them, you need to shut these people up so they can stop praising you. And so many people got interpretations for this. He says, if these should hold their peace, the very stones would cry out. People think he's going to give give rocks the ability to speak that's not what he's saying what he's saying is these rocks can testify because they were there they stood the test of time that up until this point if you go past this point all the way back here God has helped time and time and time again if stones could speak, uh, it would speak. Uh, amen, that stone that wasn't lodge in Goliath's head would jump up and say, uh, I was the one that took him out by the help of the Lord. Uh, if stones could speak, uh, amen, there would be some stones in the Jordan River that said, God brought me into the promised land. If stones could speak, there'd be one at Calvary that said, I got rolled away when he rose again. No matter what you face today, you got a memory of yesterday. I was driving through Spokane. It's probably why this got birthed in my spirit. I drove through Spokane. I had my sister-in-law with me. She said, where did you used to live? I said, a better question is where I didn't used to live. Amen. So I took her to a couple places. Amen. I took her to a couple places and said, yeah, that's where the drug dealer lived. Pointed out, and said, "Yeah, you see that place right there? Yeah, that one that's like foundations off It kind of leaned to the side, and it's it's real nasty. Yeah, that, that's that's the last place we lived, and yeah, that's where my dad went to prison from for domestic violence." And started driving around Spokane. And went to the building that my home church that I got baptized in. Hey Ben, I want to tell you they they sure have improved it. It sure looks a lot nicer than it did when I got saved. But but I, I got there. I started driving around. I, I thought, man, that's 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 where the shooting happened. That's where that's where that's where the, the the cops came. That's that's the place I started driving around. I said, oh man, I remember when the Lord touched me over here. I remember when God You know what I was seeing? I God started bring back to my memory all the things he's delivered me out of it. God started reminding me of all the times he's been good. And God Shouldn't be here today. I shouldn't be preaching to you. Huh? I'm the least qualified. But I just had to thank God. I'm getting ready to go back to Carson City and let somebody know that what you're facing right now, you're going to draw strength from years later. And what you're dealing with right now, you could draw strength from what you've been through. I want us to lift up our hands and let's pray. Come on God has made a way. Thus far, the Lord has been with you. Thus far, he hasn't dropped you. Thus far, he hasn't let you go. Thus far, if we were to look through your life, God's been faithful. So right now when you're struggling, right now when you don't know, right now when you're confused, right now, it might not even be today, but you might be coming into a season, and God's come to prepare you before that season. When you get there, remind yourself thus far, God has not left me. I want to open up this altar. Would you come? come on no matter how weary you are you got a testimony of yesterday no matter what you're facing right now you could draw strength that God was there then and God will be here now God helped me then and God will help me now you got to take a lie of the sword and say there's nothing like a good testimony there's nothing like a good God has brought me out there's nothing like Come on, would you come down to the front? Here's what we're going to do. When you come down to the front, I want you to lift your hands. If you are struggling right now and you could say, well, pastor, I'm new. I I don't feel like I've had. God, do anything for me, I want to encourage you. God's about to do something for you. And you need to write down this testimony because it's going to give you strength in the future. But there's other people you're struggling right now. And God sent me to tell you, you need to lift up your hands and let God take you down memory lane. He was there when I was homeless. He was there when I had to walk to church. He He was there. He was there. He was there. And you need to give God praise right now. As they begin to sing, we're gonna worship the Lord. We're gonna worship the Lord. Somebody needs to grab Goliath's sword. What is Goliath's sword to you? I used to be on drugs, but God delivered me. So what I'm facing right now is no match. Come on. Come on, you might be struggling, may but you're about to get strength. Like it
1: right now, but he's still good. It may not seem like victory, but oh, just wait and see what he's gonna do. Watch what he's gonna do. His glory is the same herein. The
0: Come on, lift up your hands. If you need strength right As now, he's it pouring it out. Any
1: where I
0: Let that memory remind you.
1: So in spite of Speaks and miracles begin to happen, and the story that he writes can be undone. His glory. Bye. Nope.